0: Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony podcast, your space to find empowerment and wisdom on your journey. We talk about it all, sacred women's wisdom, empowered entrepreneurship, and everything you never learned about your body in one inspiring space. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I'm sure just from the title, you already know this is going to be a really powerful episode that really speaks to something many of us have experienced and that is the mother wound. I brought on one of my favorite women in the online space and that is none other than Jillian Anderson. Funny enough, somehow I ended up on her email list probably five years ago and I followed her online ever since and I'm so grateful that we finally had the opportunity to meet and share an amazing conversation around the mother wound, healing our lineage, what it means to honor our bodies and our cycles and also how we get to change the norm when it comes to motherhood. If you're not following Jillian online, she's a writer, a mentor, and a transformational coach, and she helps driven women transition into motherhood. She's proudly worked with thousands of women online, and now she's worked with over 250 clients across 53 countries virtually to help them heal the patterns of their ancestry, connect their instincts, and step further into their creative work. Her work has been featured in Hay House, Elephant Journal, and so many other places. She lives in the southern U.S. with her partner and her babies, and she is truly such a revolutionary leader. As you'll hear in this episode, we talk about the mother wound and how often that shows up in a way of we're always looking for validation in others. So not only are we talking about how this wound affects us throughout our lives, but we also talk about how that shows up in social media and how, quotes, we might have thin skin if we're always looking for validation from others because of this deeper wounding. It resonated so deeply for me, and I think you're going to love this episode as well. So without further ado, here is our interview with the lovely Jillian Anderson. So welcome to the podcast, Jillian. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing great today. Awesome. I'm super excited about this conversation. As I shared before, I've been someone that's somehow been subscribed to your emails (laughs) for years, and so I feel like I've watched your brand and your uh, embodiment as a leader change a lot over the years, but I imagine that you didn't begin there, so I would love for you to share what your life was like before you found your voice and your purpose, and how you got to where you are right now. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, so what a question. I
1: feel that the first thing I need to say is that purpose for me is a way of life and it's totally something I lean into every day. So while someone might look at what I've built and what I've created and how I show up online and how I write and how I share pretty unapologetically, I it's just been a gradual leaning in. It's just been a gradual uh, day-to-day practice of leaning into trust, leaning into faith, following the nudges, following the, you know, the guidance. And if I could break it down in two parts, it's like the guidance comes, right? So being open to it. And then there's the follow through, like, am I going to act on this? And I would say that I just act on it. I act on it. And that is my practice. And that is what has built what I've built to this point. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, when I first started online, I was very, this was about six years ago. And my son was about six months and his birth was actually what catalyzed me starting online, because when he was born, I had this awakening to the fact that, wow, I need to express myself through writing. I'm supposed to reach people with what I have to say, and I need to do that now. So it was simultaneously like a birth of me into a mother, but also a birth of me into an expressed person. And so I was very timid online. I was very sensitive. I was so sensitive. I was so (laughs) sensitive. Any person who said anything that was even the slightest thing that was disagreeing with what I was saying, or, uh, you know, saying like anything that just didn't support what I was saying, or I was so sensitive to it. And, I, I know we're going to talk about the mother wound, but for me, that is that was related to the mother wound. So uh, a lot has changed and it's been a practice.
0: Honestly, I can't imagine you with like thin skin because you are one of the most unapologetic people I think online. And so I'm kind of like amazed that you made such such a 180 shift.
1: Yeah, I was. My, I mean, you could ask my partner about it. He'll tell you all the stories. I mean, there's plenty of stories of me just wasting days on end being like, so and so said so and so. And like, they said, you know, this, this, and this. Like, is it true? You know, I, I think that I had to find inside of me the, the version of me who believed in me. And I had to find inside of me the version of me who could back herself, who could support herself, who trusted herself. And I only found her by getting out there and, you know, wavering. And, uh, yeah, thin skin was the right word. I was very thin skinned and, uh, a lot of emotional energy went into caring what other people thought and in actually in also, uh, intuiting or not intuiting, but uh, uh, anticipating the critics.
0: Yep. I so feel you. And our stories are so similar in that way. And that I remember when an Instagram DM could like leave me spiraling (laughs) for days. Um, Or if someone wasn't 110% satisfied with something, it really, really got to me. So I I feel you on that. And you mentioned that for you, that wound kind of came back from this mother wound. And I think this is a feeling that so many women especially feel, this feeling of abandonment or misunderstanding or loss, or maybe simply like our mothers don't don't uh, mother us the way we want to be mothered, I guess. So when you think about healing the mother wound, what did that process look like for you? Such a good question. And I know that
1: uh, we could go deep here. So for me, my, my mother wasn't able to validate me as a person. And there was a lot of criticism. There was a lot of perfectionism. And all of those things were projections. Uh, my mother uh, is a person who has narcissistic pers- personality disorder. So what happens when there is someone with any kind of, you know, mental instability or mental disorder, as you know, you could say it, like for her, she, I wasn't an individual outside of her. I was just an extension of her. And so it was just a, a lot of criticism. Now, all mm-hmm. of this said, my mother, I chose her and there is a great amount of soul love that is between her and I. So it's while the human side of it has been very challenging and very uh, eye-opening and very, I would say, like a lot of betrayal, a lot of pain, a lot of, a lot of really deep pain. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's that soul love, there's that soul contract. So I will preface with that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't validated by my mom, so it was never good enough. Uh, and as a young person. I, it took place in a lot of ways. Like there was physical, uh, I didn't have body dysmorphia, but I was constantly like physically criticized. Uh, I was physically criticized for my appearance, for the shape of my body. Um, and then I was criticized in terms of, uh, my emotional, my emotions. Uh, and then there was a lot of criticism around, you can do better. So Mm -hmm. I, yeah, like I escaped into academia, I escaped into school and I had, you know, started to identify with my teachers where I started to look for validation from my teachers. And I, I didn't know this at the time uh, that I was doing this, that I was seeking that validation, but I would, the teachers that I respected and of the subjects that I loved, I was looking for validation. So I would do papers and do my writing. And my results of validation came when I got an A. And more specifically, because my love language is words of affirmation, uh, my primary love language, when they would write a note on the paper that was like, this is amazing, da 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 da, and they would write, <laughs> like, you know, they would praise me and they would praise the work, they would praise the writing. And I would then be filled from the inside and I was like this. And so I kept doing that into um, community college. And and so I don't think I actually really healed that until somewhere in my online journey because in the beginning of my online journey, when I started to write online, I there was still a part of me that was seeking validation and approval and that's where I was thin skinned. You know, it was like, there was this part of me that was like, if I could be accepted and validated through my writing, then I'm valid and I'm whole and things are good. And obviously this is all unconscious. These words are just words I'm using to describe it. It's this unconscious seeking of what you didn't receive through the mother.
0: I resonate with this so much. And it's interesting to hear how, for you, academia is where you found that validation, where that wound was satiated to an extent. For me, it was dating, and it was getting validation from men. And that was what most of my adolescence and early 20s, and as you can imagine, that uh, <laughs> that doesn't go well, right? When you're seeking or looking for someone else to give you permission to be who you are. So when you talk about the mother wound and validation How do we start to mother ourselves back? Or how do we find that validation within? Mm, What a good question. Well, I would think that,
1: again, it's a daily practice and then it starts to compound. I I would be lying if I didn't say that God is a big part of it for me. Uh, And God can be, you know, the word source or spirit. And I also, you know, I communicate or connect with God in both the form of the father and the mother. Uh, And so connecting to the mother, more of like the archetype of the spiritual mother, uh, the divine mother, was a big part of it for me where I could feel Because it was hard for me to do what a lot of them said, which is like, can you nurture yourself and hold yourself and imagine holding your inner child and all of these things. But when you don't have a blueprint for mothering from your upbringing, it can be kind of like hard to imagine and feel. And so I started to tap into the divine mother and started to tap into that feeling of holding myself um, loving myself, honoring myself through her, uh, through her, through her energy. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. I'm curious too, because I think it was before you had your babies, right? That you did Maya abdominal massage. And so you were doing more like the physical hands-on work with this.
1: Yes. So yes. So I studied, I dropped out of college uh, community college where I was an English major because I felt really drawn to go to school for massage therapy. So I went to school for massage therapy and that's where I started. I was in the, I was in an awakening, I guess on the tail end of signing up for school for massage. So, uh, I continued into this awakening process. And when I mean awakening, I mean, I was coming into contact or into knowing that I had Energy that moved through the top of my head down into my heart, into my body through my hands. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was awakening to this energy that would come through me that I could essentially channel. Uh, And I do the same thing with my writing. You know, it's very much the same practice of the information or the content comes through the top of my head and it comes down through my arms into the keyboard. And so. That part of me was awakening, and I, I I went to school for massage, and then I was drawn to this workshop in Vermont, and it was a three-day, I believe three, two or three-day uh, uh, workshop with the Arvigo Institute of Maya Abdominal Massage, and that is where I learned so much. And funny that this is coming up because I had a deep healing experience with purging all of this, uh, this subconscious stuff, uh, when I did the womb massage. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what prompted, you know, if it was the physical tissue of like actually massaging my uterus in the way that we were, we were being taught that prompted all of these like old darker, uh, memories to come up and for shame to come up around other things like um, different relationships or in, in encounters, sexual experiences I had. But stuff was coming up, and I was like, I need to continue to study this body work because if I experience this in three days, let me specialize in this. Let me go forth and, and help other women to facilitate, you know, to help them, you know, work through these things as well.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So it sounds like that would be one powerful way, maybe to physically remother or come back into that that fear of abandonment or or whatever is that deeper um, lack that we're feeling. Yes, it, and specifically
1: the thing that we did, we were in this three day workshop, and there was some kind of regression, like audio that we listened to where we regressed. I don't know if that's the right word, but we went back into our mother's womb. And Mm. I was laying on the floor and I was back in her womb. And I don't, I, I couldn't even tell you what came up in this moment. All I know is that I had a visceral release from my physical body of emotion And the body is so intelligent. And when you, you could try to conceptually, intellectually heal, but when you let your physiology and your body lead, it's beautiful because you don't actually have to even know what's going on. You can literally just have a release and be like, this is just happening. I, this is wonderful, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So powerful. Wow. As you're sharing that, I'm like, oh. I want that. <laughs> so beautiful. And then on that note, we hear a lot in you know our work, our fields that we're in about the more we heal ourselves, the more we heal our lineage. So we heal it for the women maybe centuries ago or generations ago that didn't have a choice in how they lived, but also even for our own mothers or grandmothers or people that maybe are still operating out of so much wounding. How do you feel that healing ourselves translates into the lineage.
1: If I was a quantum physicist, I would have something (laughs) brilliant to say about how our DNA and you know, how it, how there is no time and space and how it's, well, there's time and space, but how there, how everything is, uh, not as we perceive it to be from this sense of time. Uh, I've heard it said that everything is happening simultaneously. That these shifts in our DNA and our cells are, you know, impacting our lineage in that way, but I don't know if I have the language to describe that. All I know is that it is a process that is visceral, Mm -hmm. and you feel it. And then on a on a different level. I can see how it translates to my children Mm -hmm. and I can see how when my nervous system shifts and is regulated or I work through a trigger and release a trigger, uh, or I, you know, come into a deeper relationship where I'm loving myself more and in wholeness more. Well, I'm a better, more present mother. Like I'm, I have more capacity. Uh, and so I can see more how, I can put words to more how it goes down the line into the future than mm-hmm. I can put words to how it works backwards. But I know there are some genius quantum physicists who <laughs> would be able to tell us about that, you know?
0: Yeah. Maybe like many things, it's something that intuitively we know. And yet, yeah, maybe you or I don't have the, the fancy words to describe how that is. But I think most people intuitively would understand that. It's a like the butterfly effect. It ripples out. Right? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to back up to one thing you mentioned a little bit earlier in our interview because I've it's something that I've felt into and agreed with for a long time, but I haven't heard many other people talk about it, and that's the idea that we when we come into this world maybe pick the people that we will call our parents and we maybe pick circumstances or Experiences that are going to help us evolve into who we're meant to be. So when you think of that practice, or when you think of of picking our parents, what allowed you to arrive to that point? Wow.
1: Well, what allowed me to arrive to that point of knowing? I would say I'm a voracious reader. I continue to read all of the time. Like I just, I love to read. And there are many books that really opened my eyes to our eternal nature. And it was in reading books like Carolyn Miss. I am pretty sure the book is sacred contracts, uh, and other books similar to that, where there started to be the same echoing themes. I started to, uh, put pieces together and just started to understand my power as a soul in choosing this blueprint. So not only the parents, but also the siblings, uh, you know, the soul contracts in a uh, smaller context. So in other ways, and I, I just started to awaken to the, the choice and the, I think once you start to see this, it's almost becomes undeniable that, wow, look at what I'm learning. Look at this lesson that I'm learning. And it really is also too, it's like, it's like a belief system, like you're prescribed to it and there's no necessity for anyone to prescribe to it who it doesn't, you know, resonate with or, or, uh, appear to, like, I would say knock on your heart's door and say, like, this is truth for you, you know, like, only you can know, like, wow, this is, this is truth for me, like, and so from where I stand, my belief system is that everything is happening for me. And the only way that that is possible is that I had agency in deciding that, you know, this person and this person coming together would make the perfect my perfect entrance into this, into this reality. Um, there are other things that, I mean, I remember in the beginning, some of like the early things I got into, like, I remember getting into Edgar Casey and being like, wow, like, and listening to different uh, recordings of him going back and, and really just anything that was talking about our eternal nature. So multiple, you know, lives and incarnations really woke me to different information around that, you know,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I so agree with what you're saying. And maybe this was your experience too, but I felt like in my earlier years, I was so angry that I was born into a family that I perceived to be like uh, not the most conducive to a sensitive person, or I was so angry that I was surrounded by people that I didn't feel uh, like understood me. And so when I realized that perhaps there was more meaning to this, that perhaps I'd picked this environment so that I could evolve and and gain new perspectives and tools. I felt like that was the first time I felt empowered.
1: Mm, Yeah. It's like that journey from victim to, I don't know, victim to, uh, I'm not sure what the word would be, but empowered. You said empowered. So you, yeah, you found some parts of yourself and Cultivated characteristics on that journey.
0: Yes, yes. And I I love that you also added that this is the kind of stuff that it'll either resonate or it won't. So, for anyone listening, if this resonates, take it. And if it doesn't, you can leave it.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: So, to switch gears just a little bit, I know that you talk a lot about cycles and our menstrual blood. And obviously, (laughs) I talk a lot about the same kinds of things. I believe in honoring and bringing awareness back to our menstrual blood and our innate cycles, but in your own practice, birthing your babies and coming back into your own feminine way of flowing, what kind of lessons or wisdom has your cycle taught you?
1: Oh, this is so beautiful. So my menstrual cycle, when I started uh, with my period, I was, uh, you know, the model of a mother I had was one that was absolutely, uh, unstable every PMS, you know, every leading up to the, uh, bleed. And then there was a calm, you know, energy that would, once she would start to bleed, there was like calm over the house. So it was absolute walking on eggshells, uh, absolute, uh, just instability and, and, and like kind of like an out of control way. And so when I first got my cycle, I had a lot of work to do around uh, the psychological conditioning I endured, that that would be my story too, because I didn't know how to separate it out. I just, I didn't know that that was her. I just thought that was part of a female experience or a person who bleeds their experience. I just thought that this is, this is normal quote unquote. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when I started my cycle, it was like, okay, well, I had to go through a purging and a, a purging of that, of her blueprint and, and, and experience my own blueprint. And so that just took time. Uh, That just took self-awareness that took cleaning up my diet Uh, that took, you know, taking good care of myself. And the uh, Vigo Institute of my abdominal massage was a huge part of really coming into a beautiful relationship with my cycle where, you know, I stood on a complete 180 where it was like, I mean, no pain, just a couple of days of bright red blood, very healthy, uh, no PMS, uh, really beautiful ability to just tune in and relax, have, have wonderful dreams, you know, that were insightful and that gave me direction in my life or, you know, gave messages to others. And so it went from being this, like, you know, like they say, like it went from being a curse to an absolute blessing and a source of power. And that work set the foundation and set the table for me, uh, to then go on and have incredible unassisted home births with my children, because it's our relationship with our blood and it's our relationship with our menstrual cycle and our relationship with our body in that experience that sets the, uh, sets the tone for how we are pregnant, how, how we are as pregnant women, how we experience pregnancy and then how we experience childbirth. And I think It was Jane Hardwick Collings who said it the best. And she said, gosh, I'm going to paraphrase because it might not be perfect, but it's like, what you learn at the altar of menstruation is what you bring to the altar of childbirth. Oh, that's so good. So good. She's amazing. Yeah. So Mm. I brought that you know, I brought that new relationship with my body and with my menstrual cycle to birth. And because I wasn't afraid of my blood, you know, because I had developed and cultivated an intimate relationship with my blood uh, and with my body, you know, my cervix, my entire womb, like my physiology, but also the experience. I was the authority on my body in pregnancy and the authority on my body in birth And so nobody was going to know better than me how this could unfold or should unfold. And so I think that was just a huge part of it for me, huge part of having really empowering childbirths.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So what would you say to women that didn't have the best childbirth experience that maybe felt pressured to do different procedures they didn't want, or maybe simply didn't realize until they were in the heat of it that they didn't really have the support or the tools they needed? What could they start to cultivate now to heal those experiences?
1: Mm, the, The number one healing tool for trauma that I have had the most benefits and results from have been both there's two actually EMDR and EFT and so I would absolutely seek a practitioner who can help you go back into these experiences using EFT or EMDR and walk through resyncing the left and the right hemisphere of the brain as you're going through the emotional experience so that you can then properly archive the trauma because, If you don't uh, do that work, the trauma just, you know, continues to play out and that we've learned that, you know, physiologically, the body will keep reenacting the trauma. It's almost asking for us, please like address this. You know, we get stuck, we get stuck where we, our bodies got stuck. So a lot of women, they constantly are reliving their birth experience that birth experiences that were not so great. And they really deserve to move forward. They really deserve to release and like have that emotional experience and to move forward. There are other modalities. For instance, uh, holistic pelvic care is an incredible modality. Uh, this is a, a modality taught by Tammy Lynn Kent, who is an incredible woman, author of the of Wild Feminine, Mothering From Your Center. And that is a hands-on physical um modality that where a woman or a person, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, people who take holistic pelvic care are mostly women. Um, there's legalities in every state, you know, for this kind of work, for being able to put your hands inside of a woman or inside of someone with female reproductive anatomy. So, you know, that is holistic pelvic care. And that is another modality that can help to, uh, release the trauma and then there's the RV go technique as well but um the person experiencing birth trauma or who has experienced it just they deserve to be able to archive that and and have the completion you know it's that like sense of completion of like okay that happened that's done and it's not like ruling my experiences anymore you know
0: Exactly, exactly. And sadly, with so many of my clients, most of them do share how traumatic their their birthing processes have been. And so I'm so glad that you just threw out some really powerful tools and resources for people that do feel like it still affects them on a daily basis.
1: Yes, you know, it's really sad for me, because it's not normal to have had birth trauma. And I I mean that from a place of, like, love and a place of just really being an advocate for the physiological, like, spiritual, emotional process that is available for a woman birthing. Um, Sometimes it's our second birth that goes and heals us or a third, you know. Uh, Sometimes we have to, like, face the, you know, the trauma and then go forth and have another birth and then that is very healing. We need to first, uh, work on ensuring that a woman has enough information about the physiological process of birth so that she understands how to absolutely optimize her environment, her birthing environment.
0: hmm Yes. And this is where I think, again, Women aren't even given the option for informed consent, where women don't know they have options. They don't know that there are other ways of doing things. And I teach so much about birth control, and the, it's similar but different in that it's just a system most of us have never questioned, and we don't know that we have other options.
1: And that's so intentional. And that's it's so sad that we don't have we don't know of the other options because there are groups that would benefit from us, you know, being really linked to the medical industrial complex. So exactly. Such a rabbit hole. (laughs) It's such a rabbit hole. (laughs) Yes. Super,
0: super important, though, for people to know that there are options. Um, and I love that through your work, you were able to have your beautiful babies and to do that in the way that was so empowering for you. A couple of years ago, I got to witness an unassisted birth and I was just blown away by how primal and powerful the feminine really is.
1: Yeah, it's it's really amazing because something in my last birth really stood out to me. Like I was in early labor. My son was in the shower. I was getting him ready for bed. My partner came home and I was laboring alone in the bathroom for, I don't know, maybe it was like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I was alone. He took my son, you know, got him set up doing something. I think they unpacked the groceries and my partner came back and he knocked, he didn't knock on the door. He just very quietly opened the doorknob, came into the bathroom where I was in you know, it was pretty intense by this point. Like I was in labor, I was having the contractions or the rushes, whatever you would like to call them. And even him touching the doorknob was an absolute disturbing of my birthing world. Like I had just, even him, my partner who I love and like who, you know, who I feel safe with, even him just touching the doorknob took me out of my experience and my focus. And I, you know, I, I I don't know how it went but I had him you know just go wait outside and I don't know what I said I don't even remember but if that is something that can just take a woman out of her focus can you imagine like all of the other people like nurses and um nurses and people you don't know and all of these things like can you imagine how that would
0: you have so much incredible wisdom for women about the mother wound, about coming back to our cycles, our lineage, birth. What other final tips or, or resources would you offer to anyone that feels really intrigued about this idea of healing the maternal line but don't really know where to start?
1: I would say to trust your. I would say to first set an intention that you're ready to heal on a new level or that you're ready for a new experience in your life. And I would then basically code in the belief that the right information for you is about to drop in like the Mm -hmm. right nudge, the right book, the right teacher. Uh, Because while I could list so many different resources, I think that would be overwhelming. I think that the best thing for anyone listening to do is to set that intention that you're ready for that next, that next healing experience or that new experience. uh, And then, you know, just affirm that the right teacher, the right program, the right book is on its way to you, that it's just like about to rush in.
0: I love that. Like a manifestation, set the intention and then receive it when it comes your way. Yes. Beautiful. It's been such a pleasure to have you on here. I'm so grateful for you, how you show up in the world and how you've transformed so much of your earlier life into your purpose now. So where can everyone connect with you and learn more about what you do?
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a beautiful conversation. I am... uh... I am to be found at www.jillian-anderson.com. That is where I write. That is where uh, I post my blog posts. And there's also different offerings I have there. Uh, My favorite place online is Instagram. So it's uh, www.instagram.com forward slash Jillian A. Anderson. That is where I, you know, sometimes I'll do Instagram TVs or uh, I share my writing there. And right now I'm wrapping up my book project, which is, it's really, really funny that it's happening with the current events in the world, uh, because it is basically the message has revealed itself through the book, but I'm really coming into this place where I've started to unpack, uh, why mothers are in industrialized nations are having such a hard time managing it all um, and, you know, basically why mothers in industrialized nations are typically, you know, stressed and, and their energy split and all of these different things. So it was originally called the Vital Mother Book Project. I am workshopping a new title right now, right now. Um, but I do share, you know, pieces of what's coming through over on my Instagram and that's really fulfilling for me. So those are my places and, and that's yeah those are my places
0: amazing well I already know that I will be first in line for your amazing book so thank you for creating that and thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me it's been such a pleasure
1: and such a joy I appreciate it
0: thank you for joining us beautiful friend please share the love with a five-star review text the episode to a friend and connect with me on instagram at goddess ceremony until next time